Payments is an industry that has an incredibly wide moat. Throughout my career, I've, I've evolved with payments technology. The world of financial services are you know, changing quite quickly. I always knew I was going to start my own company. Welcome to InCheck with FinTech. So welcome everyone to uh, the uh, last in our three part series on the European Payment Initiative organized together by PCN together with Netcetera and GND. So um, in the last two episodes, we discussed what the European Payment Initiative is and what it could look like from more of a technical standpoint. This week, uh, we'll discuss how the EPI can actually succeed. Um, and I'm joined today by Gabriel Bougat, who's the head of e-payments at GND, and Andre Fischkowski, who's the CEO of Netcetera. Welcome both. Thank you and welcome. Thank you for having us. So we always start with a bit of an introduction. Gabriel, would you mind starting a bit of an introduction on yourself, please? Yeah, for sure, Roger. So um, hello to everyone. I'm Gabriel Bugat. I head the global e-payments business at GND. GND is in a way, a very old fintech, more than 160 year old, always been very involved in payments from cash to card to digital solution. At GND, I'm in heading the EBE payments business, and it, it means going from designing things to selling and deploying. And it's from it spans from Brazil to South Africa, Germany, or, or Australia. So international business focused on payments. Great. Thank you, Andre. Yes, hello, everybody. My name is uh, Andre. Uh, I'm CEO and co-founder of Netcetra. We are also kind of a, a dinosaur organization in the software industry because uh, we are uh, having the 25-year anniversary this year. Um, we are a B2B uh, software company that also has a lot of offerings and products in the payment space, about 800 uh, people in various locations. Uh, headquartered in Switzerland, but also in Germany, Austria, and um, locations in Asia and uh, Southeastern Europe. Um, yes, I, I have a technical background, but uh, in the, I would say, past 10 years, that morphed into more and more business activities. Great. Well, pleasure to have you both. Um, let's maybe go with a bit of a summary of what the EPI is all about in short. Again, for the ones who haven't listened or seen the two previous episodes on EPI, I definitely recommend you do that. Uh, but let's start with a bit of a summary. Uh, Andre, would you mind giving a bit of a summary of what the EPI is all about? Well, you know, uh, in Europe, there have been already previous initiatives to provide uh, pan-European um, alternative to the big uh, international card schemes uh, that are dominating the market. And uh, EPI is, I think, the, a new initiative that is has, I would say, better chances to succeed than previous initiatives because uh, it, it has a strong backing and it has some, uh, I think, important elements in it that will uh, help to succeed. But in general, uh, it is to uh, provide means for a, a cashless payment uh, in, the, in Europe. Gabrielle, anything to add there? Yes. So indeed, it's a bank-based initiative 
it's for Europe. This initiative is supported by a few players, including by uh, industrial players like GND, like etc., with the aim of having kind of European sovereignty on payments. And the way I see it, it's it's an, it, it aims at bringing the best of us in 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 this initiative, and it's bringing collective intelligence. So how can we group certain players at a regional level so that we can be quick in innovation, creating or using or leveraging on backbone infrastructures, but then creating uh, innovation and being very fast in putting new things on the market and in ultimately in serving the consumers wherever they are in Europe with new ways of paying and also with the solutions that they had not think thought it was possible. At the end, what's very important is it's speed. Standalone, different countries, the schemes or the, the, the payment the ecosystem has been good. But if we join forces, can we be better fitting the needs and the concerns of European consumers, but also um, building something new, adapting, adapted to European consumers? Yes, it's a collaborative effort, basically, of the European Union to build something which is customer-centric when it comes to payments. Yes. It's, it's not the first time, right, that Europe, Europe is trying to do this. So I think we had the Euro Alliance of Payment Schemes. There was Payfair, there was uh, EU Viserv, and there was Monet. Um, why did similar initiatives so far fail, Gabrielle? Failure is a strong word, and um, I like to consider glass half full. We've been capable in Europe to do a few things well when it comes to payments. Euro is a very good example of pan-European successful initiative. And I would say that recently with SEPA, there's been also an account-to-account capability to work together. And I would finally add that at local level, at country level, great initiatives have taken place. For instance, the schemes, if I take Carbonca is a good example, creating interoperability at, a con- at, the, at the scale of a country, creating the framework, the security framework, framework so that people can pay. This has been highly successful. Thing is, there's such expertise, such legacy, then when you try to cross border, it's not always easy to find the right compromise on feature, to find the right compromise on on the um, way uh, on infrastructure. So, um, a few things have not worked in the past, um, but I'm sure that this one, this time, and for several reasons, uh, we are on the right rails. Andre, do you agree? Uh, yes, I do agree. You, you know, uh, uh, previous failures, or maybe that's a too strong word, as uh, Gabriel said, but the previous attempts that maybe did not work out uh, that much, they also provide a lot of 
uh, learning and uh, a lot of insight in what has to be uh, considered maybe a little bit different uh, next time. I mean, it is hard to do something uh, right at first, even if you want to, to, to fly to the moon, you, you, you have maybe several attempts and build several, uh, several rockets. But I, I think we now have all the ingredients to, uh, to go for such a, a really huge infrastructure undertaking for the in, in, entire Europe. Uh, as Gabriel said, uh, many countries have very successful, successful national domestic uh, schemes. Uh, we have the, the digital world, which is uh, giving the abilities that were not there 10 years ago. I mean, it is not clear every person has a smartphone uh, in Europe, but that was not the case 10 or 15 years ago. So, so that there are new uh, possibilities there. And, and we have also those, uh, like Gabriel said, very successful cases. I mean, SEPA, even though that was kind of not the market-driven, but the regulatory-driven regulatory -driven, uh, initiatives, but we have now SEPA instant payment, and that's an excellent I would say foundation building block for a future pan-European cashless payments. Mm -hmm. And if, if I may follow up on Andre's answer, yeah. there's a sense of urgency today because we see a lot of payments going digital and new players entering and new players starting to define the rules. Does Europe want these external international players to rule the game? Or shouldn't Europe and the banks try to keep it under certain uh, certain control? In Europe, we pay attention a lot on data privacy. We pay attention on on, on anonymity, and so there are few things, there are few boundaries we don't want uh, we don't want to cross. And if we don't have the right infrastructure in place, the risks is there. I would add another point. In the past, I've had heard that it's difficult to have a, a, a simple shared system in Europe because we are so different in the way we pay. I live in Bavaria today, and four years ago when I arrived, I was really surprised by how many uh, payments we do with cash. And it's different from Sweden, where I was traveling, and there I didn't have to use cash at all because everything was digital or card-based. And having that in mind, if people behave differently, can we still build the same payment infrastructure? Truth is, with recent pandemic, we have seen a certain convergence of ways of paying. With the fear of touch, uh, of touching things. So with the more the, 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 the migration towards touchless economy, there's a convergence of ways of paying towards contactless pay payment in cars or more online payments so that there's not that main, much difference nowadays between the way we pay in Bavaria or the way we pay in Paris. And that's and, and, and the consumers have became very aware of how to do payment online, how to do 3DS, and it's becoming part of our daily lives. So I would say that the pandemic has accelerated a convergence of, of uh, payment practices in Europe. And it's also a sign that EPI, EPI comes at the right time. We started PCN 12 years ago with a view to serving the fintech community from a growth perspective. Since 2008, 
PCN has helped household names in fintech as well as the largest global merchants grow with the best talent who have specific financial technology experience. If you are a VC with a portfolio of fintech businesses, a scale-up looking to hire the best talent, or a merchant looking to hire a head of payments or an entire payments team, get in touch today for a no-obligation consultation on how PCN can help you accomplish your hiring goals. Yeah, so there's definitely indeed a good ground to build on. There's been maybe, uh, like you said, Andre, failures that we've had. We took our learns from that. There's a pandemic that we had that accelerated the need or an urgency to create something like this. What are then the? What do you think EBI can make or break this time, uh, Andre? Well, uh, as we have uh, been uh, talking uh, previously, I, I think we have to realize that we are not on the green field here. So uh, all uh, countries in Europe, they have one or the other national schemes or, or local P2P payment uh, schemes, uh, and they have uh, local habits on how, how um, they do things, even though there is conversions, as we, as we, as we discussed, it, there are uh, differences. And I, I think if something like uh, EPI um, will succeed, then we, we have to use what's there. For example, the, the, the SEPA instant payment as, as a, a clearing and settlement infrastructure. I, I think that that's very um, important to, to reuse that. And I think we also have to work towards a maximum interoperability of of those uh, the national national schemes because I mean they are they are not going away in some countries they are the, the dominating uh, payment cashless payment method and if you talk about card bank uh, zero card or or, or or other systems so 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 we have to uh, be fit somehow in, in, into that system and I mean Europe is maybe complex because there are different uh, different areas but on the other hand. I think we players in Europe, we can also understand Europe and we can you know, kind of make the uh, uh, increased complexity also turn that into an advantage because you can say, okay, we, we, we are acting, if, if you wish, global, but then acting local per, per, per country. Uh, I know that's, uh, the, 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 that's a little bit for, uh, uh, phrasing, but 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 um, uh, I, I think by reusing what's already there, by by respecting what's already successful in the countries and providing a lot of interoperability, and then the other elements such as what did Gabriel call it, collective intelligence of so so is utilizing the the the, the, the knowledge that's there in in, uh, in the industry in in Europe will will make it happen, but. I mean, we, we, we cannot um, put the fact aware. I mean, there is still a, a, a risk in there because it will, it will require time. We all, we all want to be very fast, but until something like this succeeds, it still will require time. It will require a lot of uh, funds. And uh, since we are backed by, or we, I always say we, but EPI is, is, is backed by uh, a lot of, uh, of banks that also have commercial interests, I think there is uh, a good uh, probability that when the business case is here, that this can succeed. What about the political side then, Gabrielle? So EPI is going to work if, if there's a good combination of vision, what you call the political side, and expertise. 
working together does not happen by choice and does not happen by chance. It, it happens because there's a vision and there are people, regulators, key, strong players, key players capable to say, let's sit the, at the same table and let's find a solution. Let's find those compromise that's going to make it happen. So it starts with a politi political vision. It starts with a vision. Now, it's not because we have a vision that we can execute. And this is where EPA is going to be successful by bringing to the table the payment experts, and etc. GND are payment experts. There are all the other in, uh, players in Europe who are payment experts. Because we would know from our experience, we, ha we have uh, implementations, so or we have, we have a long history in most of the countries in Europe. We would know how to make it work what to pay attention to, because devil is in the detail. You can have the best vision, but still fail to execute if you don't understand what's behind. And as Andre was saying, if you have the expertise and the vision, you also have some reality checks to do. First reality check is let's be pragmatic. Nobody has the money to reinvent everything and we have a strong legacy in place. So it's building from there. So that's hence why the expertise is so important because we have to understand where we come from or where we, what we have in our hands. Some very good infrastructure have been developed over the last years. Let's use it. So that's the first reality check. The second reality check is not, is, has nothing to do with engineers. We are both engineers with Andre. has nothing to do with expertise. We are, the second reality check is, does it bring value to consumers? Because if, it doesn't bring anything new. Why would you change? And it's why would you adapt it? And we've seen over the over the years that consumers can change their habits. Consumer will adopt what brings value. I mean, in the in the in the in, in the um, when you take the metro nowadays in Paris, well, everybody uses DI because it's quicker. It's it's easier. And when you go. Um, when, when you go in, in China, everybody's using now WeChat for lots of things. And we can be amazed by how quickly people can adopt new technologies when they truly deliver value. Value being something you see or something you no longer fear. And in payments, I think what, with what we know about the way EPI is being designed nowadays, it's really bringing ultimately value and benefit to the consumers is what we're all aiming for and working on. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider subscribing in order to receive every episode as it's published. The fintech space is ever-changing and we care about keeping you up to date with the latest happenings in this exciting space. If you wish to appear on the next episode of In Check with Fintech, please email podcast at teampcn.com. That's podcast at teampcn.com. Yeah, it's interesting. I think in the last two podcasts also, we discussed a lot about that bringing value and how customer centric it needs to be in order to be successful. There needs to be a reason for consumers to adopt it and then combined with the political vision, the payment expertise that is needed in order to uh, make this successful, not keeping or do keep in mind, obviously the technology that is there across the countries and how can we build on that further. Um, given the fact that you guys are both longer in payments, have you already seen projects like EPI across the world, Gabrielle? I have um, 
Indeed, I have 20 years in this industry. I have lived in four countries and I've traveled in many more. So indeed, I have seen a lot of things. There are two examples I'd like to share today. is more national, but as those nations are big nations, it's worth mentioning, it's India and China. I've been truly impressed, in fact, we start with India, by the fact that, that the scheme people and the government people there, they had a vision. So NPCI, Europe, they had a vision and they've been able to implement in such a large country a vast array of digital, of, of new initiatives and new ways of paying. So from schemes on cards, but also uh, a biometric system to uh, unroll and, and, then, and, and later also ways for non-banked people to still have access to payment infrastructure. And it took only a few years, but it's now a super machine of innovation and it's also a machine for inclusion. So real vision, good execution, uh, and, and it changed lives of many. In China, it's also we can also see the, the, the some, some some similarities here because there's definitely a vision, a government here or, or, or a national vision when it comes to payment. In the you know, China has five-year plans. They have issued their recent five-year plan and the, the, the 14th, the number 14th. And here, the number 14th states very clearly that there's a vision on e-currency. So it's part of the important, uh, important uh, field of investment. They had uh, in the past already deployed payment infrastructure in a very fast and efficient way. And the regulator will intervene whenever there's too much room left for um, creativity, I would say here, uh, because at the end of the day, we're talking about payment. So anti-money laundering, the right control systems should be in place. So in, in, in China, we have seen a lot of private initiatives now being more um, uh, supported or, or regulated in a way. And it has led people to totally change the way they pay. You know that if you take a taxi right now in Beijing, you will have a hard time uh, them accepting cards or cash because they're so used to accepting WeChat payments that it's uh, that it's um, that it's uh, it's it's become de facto ways of, way of paying. I've I've seen no such thing as complex as API because here we really have different countries, different habits, different legacy. So. But nowadays, we like challenge. We should not be afraid of challenge. <laughs> That's for sure. Andre, what's your experience been with projects like these? Well, I mean, obviously, I would say besides of flying to the moon, there have been a lot of big technology-driven innovations on this planet that but maybe could be compared. I mean, I don't want to start to talk about in... Uh, using the internet in a commercial sense, but if 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 I maybe uh, look at that from a slightly different angle and into the the payment space, uh, and and just to also reflect that that things can change, uh, you know in. Um, 25 years ago, uh, I would say, at least in the country where I live, but I would say also in most of Europe, credit cards were still a niche product in, in day-to-day life. 
So, so I mean, maybe a little bit more wealthy people, and so they would have credit cards, but most people would either uh, use cash or maybe even cashless, but not as credit card, because it, it was not, not, not such a common thing. And it, it also started a little bit with the, with the digital and physical mobility of people, digital mobility, meaning uh, people being in internet and starting e-commerce is happening. So that was for a long time in many areas still the only way uh, to pay, but then also the physical mobility people would try travel more, it was uh, 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 cheaper to, to, to fly around and then you go to other countries and uh, question how do I pay there and then uh, credit cards start to be a useful feature. And this adoption outside of a little bit of a niche market then generated a lot of additional, I would say, innovations on top of that network to make card payments secure, to prevent fraud and all, all, all these elements. To, to make it a convenient uh, a convenient thing so 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 in in the end it was driven by people wanting to pay in a convenient and secure and and, 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 and simple manner so so that, that's why I think even the most complex project if it provides as Copley said before if it provides sufficient uh, uh, added value to the consumer and if it is su sufficiently convenient compared with other means for example for payment uh, then, then then this is uh, poised uh, uh, to, to work if you can look, let the politics uh, a little bit outside of the game then this will this will succeed yeah exactly so adding value is probably the most important factor in order to make this successful basically so if you can look at it from so your experience, uh, but also the experience as uh, both Net Cetera and GND, how as a technology provider, how do you feel such a complex project is best to be approached, Andre? Well, I mean, if I connect this to, to, to this type of adding value and providing really something, a challenge that we have in our daily lives is that a lot of things that we do generate value which is not perceived. For example, if we prevent fraud, if we make our chips secure on the cards, people in their daily lives, they do not realize this. Maybe at some point they realize, oh, that wasn't me with a payment. I want to have a charge back or something, but, 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 but that's rare. So, so one of the challenges is that all those things that we do, I would say underneath in, in, the, in, the, in the low level of the iceberg is not visible, but it's very necessary to provide then this, uh, the, this, the, 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 this, this value on, on the top. Uh, and, and, and so you could say, well, if you have to do all those things to provide a little bit value, how can that be uh, uh, done in, in, a, in a successful way? And it, I, I think the challenge will be, and, and uh, there are already, uh, I think, ideas floating around also in that respect, to, to, to select those elements where we can see, okay, here we have a small niche where the, the, the value that is brought to the consumer can be brought to them rather quickly with, uh, I would say, uh, some not too, too big complexity. For example, uh, if you want to do person-to-person -person payments cross-border in Europe, and you don't want to do that with issuing a bank transfer, but kind of simpler, I want to send you uh, 50 euros and you even... Uh, 
when you give me your phone number or email address or something like this. Uh, I, I think this is, for example, an, an entry point, such a person-to-person payments cross-border that could open uh, here a space um, to, to, as a first stepping stone to, to something like this. Gabrielle, do you agree? Yes, yes. So <laughs> as technology player, I agree. And I would add to that. First, um, when in case of a, of a project that's a bit unique in complexity and unique in management of sovereignty, we have to stay humble. No company can deliver everything everywhere. So this, the, the success of, of, of EPI, we rely on techn- technological players, payment experts working together. As, as André said, probably working together on the, the low-hanging fruit on, and, and, and then building from there. So working together means that uh, Netzetera or GND, for instance, we are, we, we, are, we are positioned in certain segment and we have to find who, is, who are the, the other companies, the other experts whom we can work with, partner with, to shorten time to market and, uh, and to make sure that eventually something gets delivered and gets visible. So this working together mode, there's no one can win alone is the first, uh, the first point I'd like to highlight here. The second thing is um, it, we have to work in a hybrid mode. And here talking technology, it's a hybrid mode between bespoke and products. Because we have to build a platform, so something that, that's, that's the same for everybody, and then being capable to adapt, to adapt to local needs to adapt to specific client needs. So, and we need to have this flexibility because we're not, we don't want to, to create the, the, the fast food of payment. We still want to do something where each and every can recognize its own food or its own type of restaurants. So for that, it's a right combination. It's a hybrid mode between a product platform blueprint approach and capability to adapt to do this last mile with the right um, bespoke approach, and and here it's it's also cap- as as you can hear, I, I really like the the the, the, the iceberg ex- example of or image of Andre because in our line of business, there's a lot of things we do that's not seen, and here it's the 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 the, the, the move between front end and back end. So the front end and that's that is very good in in some of those what you see has to be simple, has to be convenient. The back end has to be super secure. So the, 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 the challenge and um, as technology provider is to manage both the front end, simple, and the back end, super complex, super secure, so, they can, so that you can sleep at night. And I think that here, playing on our expertise, leveraging on the expertise from other players, is the recipe for success. Just Great. being humble. <laughs> <laughs> and it very much sounds like a collaborative effort that has never been seen before by the sounds of it, because you can't do it on your own. You need to work with, like Andre said in the beginning, with the technology that is already there. Um, there's a lot of companies in Europe that are already doing parts and bits of, of the EPI, what they're looking to achieve. So it needs to be brought together uh, and then build something that um, is, uh, in the end, going to be very customer-centric and add a lot of value. 
And if I may add to that, you know, EPI should be API. Uh, and and, and this, this is what uh, is maybe also something that uh, changed maybe in, in the past five to 10 years so that that also providers in that space, they realize sometimes it is good also to provide technical interfaces or APIs uh, to water so that we can uh, utilize uh, uh, these ecosystems of, of, of pre-existing uh, components. And uh, I, I think the thinking also, you could say also the regulators, PSD2 has also this open banking uh, element in it uh, that, that by providing accessible uh, interfaces uh, will simplify connecting and plugging uh, the, 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 the things uh, together. EPI should be API then. <laughs> yes, that's, uh, I think that's one element that I, I would recommend them to go that, down that path. Yes. It's a good motto to have, EPI should be API. It's a nice acronym. Um, we always, in the last two episodes, we ended on more of a kind of a personal note about what it is that inspires you and most about the EPI. You clearly are very passionate about talking about the EPI. Um, Andre, what inspires you the most? You know, like uh, about 10 years ago, we started to build in, in, in the country where I live in Switzerland, we started to build uh, Switzerland's real-time cross-settlement uh, infrastructure. That's a backbone uh, of, of the banking uh, industry, also with this uh, safe points and payment and so on. And, and that was a huge project for us. I mean, it, it was extremely relevant that it is super secure, super available, and, and all these things. And this was compared in the software world, really like maybe flying to the moon and, 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 and so on. And, and for me, being Maybe part, okay, I don't know yet where, but I mean, if EPI will succeed, then there will be a lot of things to be part of such, a, I would say, um, uh, travel to the moon project with other that would uh, provide kind of the same sense of, okay, let's build our entire industry, all player, let's build something that's unique, that's, uh, that's super cool, where you can be proud of it, where you will tell your, your kids and maybe also grandkids, hey, you know, that what we did back then in 2020 or 2021 or, or, or whatever, that, that, was, uh, that was a thing. So, 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 so I, I think that this will energize everyone who is either in there or, or around that. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a huge infrastructure undertaking. Being part of history. Yes. Even it's only the payment history, but still. still. Cariel, what about you? What inspires you the most? I want to be part of the history as well, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's the EPI project is, is inspiring because it's maybe once in a decade or once in a lifetime, then you can help and contribute to shape the way people, people in the street behave. Um, as GND, I, I travel the world and we've been involved in lots of projects and I've seen amazing innovation machines, amazing things being done far away. Here and now with, with EPI, this is, it's, it's a great opportunity, a great chance to see an innovation machine in our home backyard. 
in our online council at home, and to bring only this 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 expertise experience we've developed over the years to our home markets, and um, yeah, and it, and I would say also is um, payment is so essential, and uh, to make sure that the money is protected, that the data around users is protected. It's so essential. So let's do it right. And let's take it to the next level, to the next decade, to the next um, century, maybe. Um, my kids are still young, but I'm pretty sure they will be the, the first users because I will better I will use them as better testers, no doubt. Absolutely. Great. Well, thanks both for sharing your views. It sounds like there's uh, definitely elements and factors and maybe learns from the past in place that could... Uh, make this a success um and thanks everyone for tuning in to uh yeah this final episode of the free cost free podcast series or video cost series in case you're watching together with uh, gnd and etc talking about the epi so if you haven't listened to the two previous ones i definitely recommend you to do that and thanks everyone for tuning in thank you thank you both. thank you Thanks for listening, and we'd like to leave you with a more serious message from our partner Free Your Girl, who are dedicated to founding child prostitution and impunity all over the world. Hi, I'm Eveline, CEO and founder of Free Your Girl. Every day, two million children, especially girls, are being held captive worldwide. They are locked up and exploited in brothels, dance bars, or online, forced into sexual exploitation. Their freedom is taken away together with their youth, family, and future. We are dedicated to fight sexual exploitation of children by rescuing these girls. Please join us, unlock their freedom, and unlock your potential by becoming a business partner. Please visit freeagirl.com for more information. Thank you.